0: Act Three of All's Well That Ends Well by William Shakespeare. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Tony Addison. Act Three, Scene One Florence, the Duke's Palace. Flourish. Enter the Duke of Florence attended, two French lords with a troop of soldiers. DUKE So that, from point to point, now have you heard the fundamental reasons of this war, whose great decision hath much blood let forth, and more thirsts after. FIRST LORD Holy seems the quarrel upon your grace's part, black and fearful on the opposer duke therefore we marvel much our cousin france would in so just a business shut his bosom against our borrowing prayers second lord good my lord the reasons of our state i cannot yield but like a common and an outward man that the great figure of a council frames by self-unable motion, therefore dare not say what I think of it, since I have found myself in my uncertain grounds to fail as often as I guessed. Duke, be it his pleasure, first Lord, but I am sure the younger of our nature, that serve it on their ease, will day by day Come here for physic, Duke. Welcome shall they be, and all the honours that can fly from us shall on them settle. You know your places well. When better fall for your avails, they fell. Tomorrow, to the field. Flourish, exaunt. Scene two, Roussillon, the Count's Palace. Enter, Countess, and Clown. Countess. It hath happened all as I would have had it, save that he comes not along with her. Clown. By my troth, I take my young lord to be a very melancholy man. Countess. By what observance I pray you? Clown. Why, he will look upon his boot, and sing. Mend the rough, and sing. Ask questions, and sing. Pick his teeth, and sing. I know a man that had this trick of melancholy, sold a goodly manner for a song. Countess, let me see what he writes, and when he means to come. Opening a letter. Clown. I have no mind, Isabel. Since I was at court, our old ling and our isbels of the country are nothing like your old ling and your isbels of the court. The brains of my keepers knocked out, and I begin to love, as an old man loves money, with no stomach. Countess. What have we here? Clown. E'en that ye have there. Exit. Countess reads, I have sent you a daughter-in-law. She hath recovered the king and undone me. I have wedded her, not bedded her, and sworn to make the knot eternal. You shall hear I am run away. Know it before the report come. If there be breadth enough in the world, I will hold a long distance. My duty to you, "'your unfortunate son, Bertram. "'This is not well, rash and unbridled boy, "'to fly the favours of so good a king, "'to pluck his indignation on the head "'by the misprizing of a maid "'too virtuous for the contempt of empire. re enter Clown. "'Clown. "'Oh, madam, yonder is heavy news within.' between two soldiers, and my young lady. Countess. What is the matter? Clown. Nay, there is some comfort in the news, some comfort. Your son will not be killed so soon as I thought he would. Countess. Why should he be killed? Clown. So say I, madam. If he run away, as I hear he does, the danger is in standing to it. That's the loss of men, though it be the getting of children. Here they come. We'll tell you more. For my part, I only hear your son was run away. Exit. Enter Helena, and the two French gentlemen. Second gentleman, save you, good madam. Helena, madam, my lord is gone for ever, gone. First gentleman, do not say so. Countess, think upon patience pray you, gentlemen, I have felt so many quirks of joy and grief that the first face of neither on the start can woman me unto it. Where is my son, I pray you? First, gentleman. Madam, he's gone to serve the Duke of Florence. We met him thitherward, for thence we came, and, after some dispatch in hand at court, thither we bend again. Helena. Look on this letter, madam, HERE'S MY PASSPORT, READS, WHEN THOU CANST GET THE RING UPON MY FINGER, WHICH NEVER SHALL COME OFF, AND SHOW ME A CHILD BEGOTTEN OF THY BODY THAT I AM FATHER TO, THEN CALL ME HUSBAND, BUT IN SUCH A THEN I WRITE NEVER. THIS IS A DREADFUL SENTENCE. COUNTESS, BROUGHT YOU THIS LETTER, GENTLEMEN? FIRST GENTLEMAN. I, Madam, and for the content's sake, a sorry for our pains. COUNTESS. I, prithee lady, have a better cheer. If thou engrossest all the griefs of thine, thou robst me of a moiety. He was my son, but I do wash his name out of my blood, and thou art all my child. Towards Florence is he, FIRST GENTLEMAN. Aye, madam, countess. And to be a soldier, first gentleman, Such is his noble purpose, And, believe it, the duke will lay upon him All the honour that good convenience claims. Countess, return you thither, second gentleman. Aye, madam, with the swiftest wing of speed, Helena, reads, Till I have no wife, I HAVE NOTHING IN FRANCE. TIS BITTER. COUNTESS. FIND YOU THAT THERE? HELENA. AYE, MADAM. SECOND GENTLEMAN. TIS BUT THE BOLDNESS OF HIS HAND haply, WHICH HIS HEART WAS NOT CONSENTING TO. COUNTESS. NOTHING IN FRANCE UNTIL HE HAVE NO WIFE. THERE'S NOTHING HERE THAT IS TOO GOOD FOR HIM BUT ONLY SHE. AND SHE DESERVES A LORD THAT TWENTY SUCH RUDE BOYS MIGHT TEND UPON, AND CALL HER hourly MISTRESS. WHO WAS WITH HIM? SECOND GENTLEMAN. A SERVANT ONLY, AND A GENTLEMAN WHICH I HAVE SOMETIME KNOWN. COUNTESS. Parolles, was it not? SECOND GENTLEMAN. I, my good lady, he. COUNTESS. A VERY TAINTED FELLOW, AND FULL OF WICKEDNESS, My son corrupts a well-derived nature with his inducement. SECOND GENTLEMAN Indeed, good lady, the fellow has a deal of that too much, which holds him much to have. COUNTESS You're welcome, gentlemen. I will entreat you, when you see my son, to tell him that his sword can never win the honour that he loses. More I'll entreat you, written, to bear along. FIRST GENTLEMAN We serve you, madam, in that and all your worthiest affairs. Countess, not so, but as we change our courtesies. Will you draw near? Exeunt, countess, and gentlemen. Helena, till I have no wife, I have nothing in France. Nothing in France until he has no wife. Thou shalt have none, Rousie, or none in France. Then hast thou all again, poor Lord, Ist I that chased thee from thy country, And exposed those tender limbs of thine To the event of the non-sparing war? And is it I that dried thee from the sportive court, Where thou wast shut at with fair eyes, To be the mark of smoky muskets? O you leaden messengers That ride upon the violent speed of fire, fly with false aim. Move the still piercing air that sings with piercing. Do not touch, my lord. Whoever shoots at him, I set him there. Whoever charges on his forward breast, I am the caitiff that do hold him to it, and though I kill him not, I am the cause his death was so affected. Better twere, I met the raven lion when he roared, with sharp constraint of hunger. Better twere, That all the miseries which nature owes Were mine at once. No. Come thou home, Roussillon, Whence honour but of danger wins a scar, As oft it loses all. I will be gone. My being here it is that holds the ends. Shall I stay here to do it? No. No. Although the air of paradise did fan the house, And angels officed all, I will be gone. That pitiful rumour may report my flight to consolate thine ear come night end day for with the dark poor thief i'll steal away exit scene three florence before the duke's palace flourish enter the duke of florence bertram parolles soldiers drum and trumpets Duke the general of our horse thou art, and we great in our hope lay our best love and credence upon thy promising fortune Bertram, Sir, it is a charge too heavy for my strength but yet will strive to bear it for your worthy sake to the extreme edge of hazard Duke Then go thou forth Unfortune play upon thy prosperous helm As thy auspicious mistress, Bertram This very day, great Mars, I put myself into thy file Make me but like my thoughts, and I shall prove A lover of thy drum, hater of love Exeunt. Scene 4 Roussillon, the Count's palace. Enter, Countess, and Steward. Countess. Alas, and would you take the letter of her, or might you not know she would do as she has done by sending me a letter? Read it again. Steward reads. I am St Jaques's pilgrim, thither gone. Ambitious love hath so in me offended That barefoot plod I the cold ground upon With sainted vow my faults to have amended. Write, write, that from the bloody course of war My dearest master, your dear son, may high Bless him at home in peace whilst I from far His name with zealous fervour sanctify. His taken labours bid him me forgive, i his despiteful juno sent him forth from courtly friends with camping foes to live where death and danger dog the heels of worth he is too good and fair for death and me whom i myself embraced to set him free countess ah what sharp stings are in her mildest words rinaldo YOU DID NEVER LACK ADVICE SO MUCH AS LETTING HER PASS SO. HAD I SPOKE WITH HER, I COULD HAVE WELL DIVERTED HER INTENTS, WHICH THUS SHE HATH PREVENTED. STEWARD. PARDON ME, MADAM, IF I HAD GIVEN YOU THIS AT OVERNIGHT, SHE MIGHT HAVE BEEN ARTAIN. AND YET, SHE WRITES, PURSUIT WOULD BE BUT VAIN. COUNTESS. WHAT ANGEL SHALL BLESS THIS UNWORTHY HUSBAND? HE CANNOT THRIVE. Unless her prayers, whom heaven delights to hear And loves to grant, reprieve him From the wrath of greatest justice. Write, write, Rinaldo, to this unworthy husband of his wife. Let every word weigh heavy of her worth That he does weigh too light. My greatest grief, though little he do feel it, Set down sharply. Dispatch the most convenient messenger, when haply he shall hear that she is gone, he will return, And hope, I may, that she, hearing so much, Will speed her put again, led hither by pure love. Which of them both is dearest to me, I have no skill in sense to make distinction. Provide this messenger, my heart is heavy, and mine age is weak, Grief would have tears, and sorrow bids me speak. Exeunt. Scene 5 Without the walls of Florence a tucket afar off enter an old widow of Florence her daughter Diana a violenta and Mariana with other citizens widow now come FOR IF THEY DO APPROACH THE CITY WE SHALL LOSE ALL THE SIGHT. DIANA. THEY SAY THE FRENCH COUNT HAS DONE MOST HONORABLE SERVICE. WIDOW. IT IS REPORTED THAT HE HAS TAKEN THEIR GREATEST COMMANDER, AND THAT WITH HIS OWN HAND HE SLEW THE DUKE'S BROTHER. TUCKET. WE HAVE LOST OUR LABOUR. THEY ARE GONE A CONTRARY WAY. HARK. YOU MAY KNOW BY THEIR TRUMPETS. MARIANA. COME, LET'S RETURN AGAIN, AND SUFFICE OURSELVES WITH THE REPORT OF IT. WELL, DIANA, TAKE HEED OF THIS FRENCH EARL. THE HONOUR OF A MAID IS HER NAME, AND NO LEGACY IS AS RICH AS HONESTY. WIDOW. I HAVE TOLD MY NEIGHBOUR HOW YOU HAVE BEEN SOLICITED BY A GENTLEMAN, HIS COMPANION. Mariana, I know that knave. Hang him. One paroles. A filthy officer he is in those suggestions for the young earl. Beware of them, Diana. Their promises, enticements, oaths, tokens, and all these engines of lust are not the things they go under. Many a maid hath been seduced by them. And the misery is, example, that so terrible shows in the wreck of maidenhood Cannot for all that dissuade succession, but that they are limed with the twigs that threaten them. I hope I need not to advise you further, but I hope your own grace will keep you where you are, Though there were no further danger known but the modesty which is so lost. Diana You shall not need to fear me. Enter Helena in the dress of a pilgrim. Widow I hope so. Look, here comes a pilgrim. I know she will lie at my house. Thither they send one another. I'll question her. God save you, pilgrim. Whither are bound? helena to saint jacques le grand where do the palmer's lodge i do beseech you widow at the saint francis here beside the port helena is this the way a march afar widow ay, marry is it hark you they come this way if you will tarry holy pilgrim but till the troops come by, I will conduct you where you shall be lodged. The rather for po- I think I know your hostess as ample as myself. Helena, is it yourself? Widow, if you shall please, so, pilgrim. Helena, I thank you, and will stay upon your leisure. Widow, you came, I think, from France. Helena. I did so. Widow. Here you shall see a countryman of yours that has done worthy service. Helena. His name, I pray you? Diana. The Count Rousillon. Know you such a one? Helena. Helena. But by the ear that hears most nobly of him. His face I know not. Diana. What's a mare he is, he's bravely taken here. He stole from France, as tis reported, for the king had married him against his liking. Think you it is so? Helena. I, surely, mere the truth, I know his lady. Diana. There is a gentleman that serves the count, reports but coarsely of her. Helena. What's his name? diana monsieur parolles helena oh i believe with him in argument of praise or to the worth of the great count himself she is too mean to have her name repeated all her deserving is a reserved honesty and that i have not heard examined diana alas poor lady "'Tis a hard bondage to become the wife of a detesting lord. "'Widow. "'Ay, sweet good creature, wheresoe'er she is, her heart weighs sadly. "'This young maid might do her a shrewd turn, if she pleased. "'Helena. "'How do you mean?' "'Maybe the amorous Count solicits her in the unlawful purpose. "'Widow. "'He does indeed.' AND BROKES WITH ALL THAT CAN IN SUCH A SUIT CORRUPT THE TENDER HONOR OF A MAID. BUT SHE IS ARMED FOR HIM, AND KEEPS HER GUARD IN HONESTEST DEFENSE. MARIANA. THE GODS FORBID ELSE. WIDOW. SO, NOW THEY COME, ENTER WITH DRUM AND COLORS, BERTRAM, Parolles, AND THE WHOLE ARMY. That is Antonio, the Duke's eldest son. That, Aeschylus. Helena. Which is the Frenchman? Diana. He, that with the plume. Tis a most gallant fellow. I would he loved his wife. If he were honester, he were much goodlier. Is it not a handsome gentleman? Helena. I like him well. Diana. Tis pity he is not honest. Yon's that same knave that leads him to these places were well, I his lady I would poison that var rascal Helena Which is he? Diana That jackanapes with scarves Why is he melancholy? Helena perchance he's hurt in the battle Paroles lose a drum Well Mariana he shrewdly vexed at something. Look, he espied us. Widow. Marry, hang you. Mariana. And your courtesy for a ring-carrier. Exeunt, Bertram, Parolles, and army. Widow. The troop is past. Come, pilgrim, I will bring you where you shall host. Of enjoined penitence, there's four or five to great St. Jaques' band already at my house. Helena, I humbly thank you. Please it this matron and this gentle maid to eat with us to-night. The charge and thanking shall be for me, and to requite you further, I will bestow some precepts of this virgin worthy the note. Both. We'll take your offer kindly. Exeunt scene 6 camp before florence enter bertram and the two french lords second lord nay good my lord put him to it let him have his way first lord if your lordship find him not a hilding hold me no more in your respect second lord on my life my lord a bubble bertram Do you think I am so far deceived in him? Second Lord. Believe it, my lord, in mine own direct knowledge, without any malice but to speak of him as my kinsman, he's a most notable coward, an infinite and endless liar, an hourly promise-breaker, the owner of no one good quality, worthy your lordship's entertainment. First Lord. It were fit you knew him, lest reposing too far in his virtue, which he hath not, he might at some great and trusty business in a main danger fail you. Bertram. I would I knew in what particular action to try him. First Lord. None better than to let him fetch off his drum, which you hear him so confidently undertake to do. Second Lord. I, with a troop of Florentines will suddenly surprise him. Such I will have, whom I am sure he knows not from the enemy. We will bind and hoodwink him, so that he shall suppose no other but that he is carried into the league of the adversaries when we bring him to our own tents. Be but your lordship present at his examination. If he do not, for the promise of his life, and in the highest compulsion of base fear, offered to betray you and deliver all the intelligence in his power against you, and that, with the divine forfeit of his soul upon oath, never trust my judgment in anything. First Lord, oh, for the love of laughter, let him fetch his drum. He says he has a stratagem for it. When your lordship sees the bottom of his success in it, and to what metal this counterfeit lump of ore will be melted, If you give him not John Drum's entertainment, Your inclining cannot be removed. Here he comes. Enter Parolles. Second Lord. Oh, for the love of laughter, Hinder not the honour of his design. Let him fetch off his drum in any hand. Bertram. How now, monsieur? This drum sticks sorely in your disposition. First Lord. A pox on it, let it go, tis but a drum. Parolles, but a drum, is't but a drum, a drum so lost? There was excellent command, to charge in with our horse upon our own wings, and to rend our own soldiers. First Lord, that was not to be blamed in the command of the service. It was a disaster of war that Caesar himself could not have prevented, if he had been there to command bertram well we cannot greatly condemn our success some dishonour we had in the loss of that drum but it is not to be recovered Parolles, it might have been recovered bertram it might but it is not now Parolles, it is to be recovered but that the merit of service is seldom attributed to the true and exact performer. I would have that drum, or another, or hick, yachet, Bertram, why, if you have a stomach to it, monsieur, if you think your mystery in stratagem can bring this instrument of honour again into his native quarter, be magnanimous in the enterprise and go on, I will grace the attempt for a worthy exploit. If you speed well in it, the Duke shall both speak of it and extend to you what further becomes his greatness, even to the utmost syllable of your worthiness. Parolles, by the hand of a soldier, I will undertake it. Bertram, but you must not now slumber in it. Parolles, I'll about it this evening, and I will presently pen down my dilemmas, encourage myself in my certainty put myself into my mortal preparation, and by midnight look to hear further from me. Bertram, may I be bold to acquaint his grace, you are gone about it. Parolles. I know not what the success will be, my lord, but the attempt I vow. Bertram, I know thou art valiant, and to the possibility of thy soldiership will subscribe for thee. Farewell. Parolles. I love not many words. Exit. Second lord. No more than a fish loves water. Is not this a strange fellow, my lord, that so confidently seems to undertake this business, which he knows is not to be done? damns himself to do, and dares better be damned than to do it? First lord. You do not know him, my lord, as we do. Certain it is, that he will steal himself into a man's favour, and for a week escape a great deal of discoveries. But when you find him out, you have him ever after. Bertram Why, do you think he will make no deed at all of this, that so seriously he does address himself unto? Second lord None in the world but return with an invention, and clap upon you two or three probable lies. But we have almost embossed him. You shall see his fall to-night, for indeed he is not for your lordship's respect. First Lord, we'll make you some sport with the fox ere we case him. He was first smoked by the old Lord Lafeu. When his disguise and he is parted, Tell me what a sprat you shall find him, which you shall see this very night. Second Lord, I must go look my twigs, he shall be caught. Bertram, Your brother, he shall go along with me. Second Lord, As it please your lordship, I'll leave you. Exit. Bertram, Now will I lead you to the house, and show you the lass I spoke of. First Lord, But you say she's honest. Bertram. That's all the fault. I spoke with her but once, and found her wondrous cold. But I sent to her, by this same coxcomb that we have in the wind, tokens and letters which she did resend. and this is all I have done. She's a fair creature. Will you go see her? First Lord. With all my heart, my lord. Exeunt. Scene seven, Florence, the widow's house. Enter Helena and Widow. Helena, if you misdoubt me that I am not she, I know not how I shall assure you further, but I shall lose the ground I work upon. Widow. Though my estate be fallen, I was well born, Nothing acquainted with these businesses, And would not put my reputation now in any staining act. Helena, nor would I wish you. First, give me trust. The Count, he is my husband. And what to your sworn counsel I have spoken Is so from word to word, And then you cannot, by the good aid That I of you shall borrow, err in bestowing it. Widow, I should believe you, For you have showed me that Which well approves you are great in fortune. Helena, take this purse of gold, and let me buy your friendly help thus far, Which I will overpay and pay again When I have found it. The Count, he woos your daughter, Lays down his wanton siege before her beauty, Resolved to carry her. Let her in fine consent, As we'll direct her how tis best to bear it, now his important blood will not deny that she'll demand a ring the county wears that downward hath succeeded in his house from son to son, some, some four or five descents since the first father wore it this ring he holds in most rich choice yet in his idle fire to buy his will it would not seem too dear howe'er repented after widow now i see the bottom of your purpose helena you see it lawful then it is no more but that your daughter ere she seems as one desires this ring appoints him an encounter in fine delivers me to fill the time herself most chastely absent after this to marry her i'll add three thousand crowns to what is past already widow i have yielded INSTRUCT, MY DAUGHTER, HOW SHE SHALL PERSEVER, THAT TIME AND PLACE WITH THIS DECEIT SO LAWFUL MAY PROVE COHERENT. EVERY NIGHT HE COMES, WITH MUSICS OF ALL SORTS, AND SONGS COMPOSED TO HER UNWORTHINESS. IT NOTHING STEADS US TO CHIDE HIM FROM OUR EAVES for he persists as if his life lay on it. Helena, why then, tonight, let us assay our plot, which, if its speed, is wicked meaning in a lawful deed, and lawful meaning in a lawful act, were both not sin, and yet a sinful fact. But let's about it. Exeunt. End of act three.